0: When we do ask a question, that's when we're ready. I was ready to leave that relationship, right? I was ready to step into therapy because I asked myself. I asked others. And I think a a lot of times is you, we don't ask. We're afraid of a no. I mean, I've had thousands of no's, but it's the yes. The, the one in the million yes that you get, that changes your life. So I had this big, huge chart um, about things that I loved in life and it was missing me. <laughs> 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 Once I realized that I was starting to take care of me, my creative side came out and then the stuff started to pour out of me. Like literally every day a new picture came out of me. There are tools that I can use daily to help myself when I feel off, dance, sing. If I'm really depressed, I will sing, (laughs) and I sing loud, I sing Barbra Streisand. (laughs) Their traumas are there to help them grow into all that they can be, right? That you can turn your life around. I think we're supposed to come into the world to make the world a better place, not leave it worse.
1: All you need you show up Living. pay attention Your. participate favorite. favorite la 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 life la 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 life Namaste Welcome to Your Favorite Life, I'm Jeffesaurus Rex and my goal is to bring you conversations of growth, adventure, and creativity. Hopefully we can shine some light on your path to your favorite life. This episode is sponsored by Derek Clugston Realty who works through Zolo and services the Simcoe County region. Derek is someone who strives to make buying and selling your home a smooth and stress-free transition. Today's guest, I had the pleasure of interviewing Annette Chiappi. Annette is the author and artist of the mindfulness coloring book and card series called Love, Kindness and Compassion. She also mentors others about loving and healing oneself. Being a mental wellness advocate, she donates portions of her services to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Today's episode, we focus on Annette's past, and her ability to consistently persevere and heal through some dark challenges. This includes childhood trauma, being estranged from her children, and a PTSD diagnosis. This journey led her on a mission to learn to love herself. Although this conversation is mainly about living a healthy lifestyle, there are some parts where we speak about sexual abuse and trauma. So if these types of conversations are currently not for you, please catch another episode. Hope you enjoy hearing how Annette climbed her mountains and how she learned to love herself. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to Your Favorite Life, the podcast, and I am really excited to have Annette Chiappe on today, who's been on two of my shows, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It was a lot of fun
1: yeah and uh you brought that up a few times today already yeah that i'm fun f-u-n fun funi do not think we like have enough of that
0: absolutely we don't (laughs) no
1: (laughs) it's it's like find time for fun you know it's find time to play right like yeah so thanks thanks so much for spending some time with me today and you're
0: absolutely welcome
1: you're absolutely welcome and You've been through uh, a a journey, a few journeys in your life. I have. A few books of your own. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) Chapters and chapters. Uh, Yeah. Watch watch for next year when it comes out. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, different genres, I would call them. So, you know, you've had different genres of books. And now you're on uh, a genre of, you know, sharing and expressing and healing, helping others heal. And so... Why don't we start, you have a website and a motto that you go by, Learn to Love Yourself, right? Or Learn to Love Myself. Yes. And you have the website, at learntolovemyself.com, mm-hmm.
0: right? That's correct.
1: And why don't we start, where did that come from? Was that through a, a therapy session or where, where did that come from?
0: Learn to Love Myself started with uh, the realization that nobody was going to heal me except myself. And um, I had been in a really um, disturbing relationship with a business partner where he was more like a cult kind of person. And uh, so I never was able to put my focus on me. He always was saying that I had to be there for other people and help him with the business and help other people with their... their um, their claims and stuff. I was, I was in a previous life. I was paralegal.
1: Previous life, yes. Nice. In a yeah.
0: previous life, and um, so not having any focus on me and how I was feeling, how I had to always functioned for other people, I didn't realize that the most important thing for me to do was to discover who I was, how I was feeling, um, what should I do about how I'm feeling. So, learn to love myself came out of all the things I had to learn to do exactly that. Because I was very traumatized um, from five years old until 2010. <laughs> you could do the math. <laughs> but, you know, um, that long process and the start of Learn to Love Myself was started in 2010, but didn't come until 2018. Right? So there was a window of eight years discovering myself. Therapy, um, a lot of um, self-education through spiritual literature, through um, learning uh, spirituality and learning about um, what was in my head and how to get rid of it and how to learn mindfulness techniques and understanding that the present moment is where we live. And I was living in the past and in worrying always about the future. So part of learning to love myself was staying present to how I was feeling, how I was reacting to people, how I was reacting to things that triggered the traumas I had. And, um, you know, I... Once I realized that I was starting to take care of me, then it kind of snowballed where uh, my creative side came out. I started to have a voice. I never had a voice as a child because my parents had raised me to children to be seen and not heard. And so I was never heard. I never spoke up about anything that was bothering me. And... um, you know, once I reached 2018 and hit one of the other pinnacles in my life where it was, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You know, I'm still in this mode of taking care of other people, and it was causing me a lot of anxiety. So I had picked up here and there, I had learned in therapy about what did I love? And I'm like, well, what do I love about myself? So I had this big, huge chart um, about things that I loved in life. And it was missing me. <laughs> 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 so I said to myself, well, why am I so held back from doing the things I love to do? Right? I knew I loved to dance and sing and be with other people. But, and I knew I loved to help people. Because I would hold these little groups with women and we'd talk about issues that were going on in our lives and we'd do like a question and answer kind of period. And it was really inspiring to get feedback from people about what they were going through. And um, so I guess once I realized that my... See when you're you're traumatized from a very young age you lose not you bury bad memories but you also lose the good stuff and this is something that I've really stressed upon about people is to keep exploring who you are and what you're doing with your life because it comes out and so what came out of me was these ideas of how I can take messages and put them on t-shirts and have beautiful colorings, because I love to color, and get people to tell their story that way. Well, that didn't materialize, because the coloring book people who published these books that I was coloring in didn't respond to my request for copyright, because I wanted to take my art, because when I color, it's not just coloring in, it's design within the colour. So my artwork is, has life. It really has expression of who I am. And um, so when they didn't get back to me, I thought, well, I could do this. And then the stuff started to pour out of me. Like literally every day a new picture came out of me. And then I thought, well, how can I get my message of enlightenment about love, kindness, and compassion out to the world? to get my desire, my motivation, my inspiration to people who are struggling with their mental health. And I thought, what a better way to do it would be, if I love to colour, if I'm great at doing this, then make colouring books. And that's how um, the Learn to Love Myself series of love, kindness, and compassion came out, all from my traumas of incest and physical, emotional abuse, from my family. And my escape was always to colour, dance, sing. Anything that was creative kept me flowing, and it was what made me love myself the most, because I connected loving myself, loving others, and helping the environment by doing small changes in my life. That's a long explanation to how I learned to love myself.
1: Great explanation. Thank Mm. you.
0: You're welcome.
1: Yeah, it's great how creativity can move you and move the energy. And I wanted to ask you, when you decided to take more responsibility for loving yourself and healing yourself, how did you choose to or decide to go seek counseling. Like I know you talk about seeking knowledge, which is great. And you want to find answers to your problems and not everybody does that. And a lot of people accept things the way they are. And maybe me being like a solutions type person, I'm always like trying to be creative. And so for you, like did someone recommend seeing a therapist or what was the story behind that?
0: Interestingly enough, the, uh, I was so entrusting in people telling me what to do that they told me not to seek therapy. Oh. And so the minute I got away from that negative feedback, thats those suggestions, I knew I had to go into therapy. Like I had suggested it to people before, and when I got that feedback, no, 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 you don't need it. And because I was so afraid to speak up and look after myself, take responsibility, like you said. July 10th, 2010. No, it was July 20th. July 20th, 2010, I woke up one morning and I said, I need to take responsibility for my life, live with the fear, because I was very afraid, and live with the consequences. So I knew there would be consequences to me doing these decisions for myself, And I had already started a little bit because I started going to Al-Anon and that kind of opened my eyes about, well, you know, people are sharing and I get to share. So the minute I left that environment I was in that was so negative, I walked through the doors of Athena, which is the sexual abuse counseling in in Barrie here for, for women changed my life. Absolutely. Taking the responsibility, the, the fear that I had to walk through those doors was like, mm, beyond any explanation that you can have. Because, you know, I've been told my whole life not to do something, and then taking the leap of faith to do it, <laughs> was a huge responsibility for myself. I didn't even recognize it as responsibility at that point, right? It was just something I knew I had to do instinctively, because I was sick and tired of being the way I was. My life was in shambles. I had I had no money, I had no home, I had uh, no family. I had nothing and um, had to start somewhere. <laughs> I guess the the main focus of everything was to start there with sexual abuse counseling, because that's where my trauma started, right? Then it flowed into other stuff like abuse of marriage, loss of my children, and yada, 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 so much other stuff that came after that. But that starting point tipped the scale where I could not go back. I was like, oh, I can take care of myself. Oh, I can learn this oh, I feel better. And then, of course, it's always two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, (laughs) two steps back. So I I went through a very difficult eight years of learning to love myself.
1: Good for you. Like (laughs) You walk through one door and you made that decision, I'm going to go through this door at the Al-Anon and it opened up all these other doors yeah and some of these doors push back like you're saying although it kept the momentum and it may have taken eight years um understandably for like I've heard some of your story and yeah. from your your childhood and growing up and yeah that's a lot to unpack and heal <laughs> and I think yeah we have to remember like It's just one decision, you know, you just make one decision talking to one new person and you never really know where that's going to spider to And
0: Well, it was interesting because the first, I did two bouts of therapy at Athena's because the first um, eight months that I went, it was all about getting most of my anger out at the people who held me back. It didn't deal with the, the the deeper issues of anxiety and depression. And um, so when I went back the second time, that's when it really started to speed up the healing process because I was now awake to the fact that I'm responsible for me. I'm not responsible for anybody else. And that there are tools that I can use daily to help myself when I feel off, right? And learning to say, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I didn't really suffer too much of worrying about what people thought of me, about the stigma of mental illness. Um, My focus was, I just have to start looking after myself because how am I going to, who else is going to look after me? In the end, it came to the realization that I came into the world alone. Right? Well, of course, your parents are there when you're born, but you still come into the world alone, and you have to go through life looking after yourself. Yes, people influence you, and society influences us and all this, but realizing that school, educational system, doesn't teach you, prepare you for trauma. It doesn't teach you to lo- learn to love yourself. Um, it, You know, it doesn't teach you what to do with abusive parents and abusive brothers. Um, it, these things are lacking from a lot of lives, right? And we don't talk about it because we're shamed, we're guilty. You know, all this baggage we carry, like you said, I had to unpack. And the unpacking took those eight years. And I still have found myself unpacking stuff. Because now with my children back in my life, their uh, traumas have triggered me, right? So every so often I'm like, what am I going through now? <laughs> so it's, it's a, always a self-evaluation of, well, why am I doing that? Like now I'm present that there's stories going on in my head. And those stories can either impact me positively or negatively. So if I don't like the story I'm telling myself, I just change the, the story.
1: Yeah, nice. Yeah. If I don't like the story I'm telling myself, I just change the story. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those tools. So, okay. Because I like what you said you've noticed I had some guitars in the room and Mm -hmm. I find myself sometimes I just pick it up for a couple minutes, play a couple songs, put it back down. (laughs) And uh, for whatever reason it is, just to get the energy moving or that's like my little form of uh, feeling a little bit of joy for a couple minutes. And that musical instruments might not be for everybody. So what are some of the things that you have discovered that work for Annette and that bring you back to balance? Um, Especially if like, You know you aren't feeling good, and you need to recalibrate. What are some of the what tools have you discovered?
0: Uh, The very first tool I use is is being present. Okay, so I know now that if I'm not present, like it's, I I do what's called checking in with myself, so first thing in the morning when I get up, I have this routine of going into the bathroom, doing my daily stuff there, and look in the mirror, and smile. Now, I started to do that when I started my therapy, because, you know, I've read that, make, fake it till you make it, right, that's an old saying, so I would fake it until I made it, because there are mornings I didn't want to wake up, and There was no tool. So, but that one little tool stuck with me was to smile in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. And it was really difficult in the beginning, but now it's like, hey, you, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? It's like, it's one of the tools I use.
1: You got this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, feeling positive when you've been filled with so much negative stuff is really hard. And it's not a walk in the park. So those tools they're like they're, they're priceless, right? So smile and tell myself I love myself. I always hug and kiss my boyfriend every time I leave him. Because it's a connection, having human connection, a bond with somebody that that you love is absolutely paramount to loving yourself, to show affection. So one of the tools I use in life, and it comes so sex- second nature to me now, is being affectionate, because that it, it has nothing to do with sex. It's all about intimacy, and I had no clue what intimacy meant, and it's far from what a lot of people believe, right? But intimacy is that connection of eye contact, physical contact, emotional contact, listening to somebody. So those are, like, they don't sound like they're tools, but they're tools, and they're powerful tools. I have an amazing relationship with the people I love because I listen to them. I um, am compassionate to what they're going to through through their day. You know, I don't dismiss them. And um, so I, I really love those tools, and I, I do that for myself as well. I do it for strangers on the street. Right? So, somebody's pissed off on the street and they're angry, I'll smile at them. I don't frown back at them. It's, it's not, I always try to put myself in their shoes. So, you know, if, if that tool works for me, it could work for others. And, um, another tool, oh, of course, my coloring. My, I color every morning and I journal every morning about how I feel. Uh, I check in with how, what things I have to accept, things I need to forgive, um, things that I'm grateful for. Uh, sometimes I, I connect with past stories, and I will tell myself, okay, tell, my, tell me a story, and I'll just be quiet, and a story will come to me from my past, and I'll write about it. It uh, could be a simple thing like the story of Black Beauty. Might come up, right? Or um, the time when I discovered how my my parents have left me without food, right? So these these stories come up, and I just write about them, and then I I go, oh wow, that's a part of me that I can enjoy now, right? It's not painful anymore. And um, oh God, the other tools. Well, of course, exercise and uh, dance sing if i'm really depressed i will sing <laughs> nice. and i sing loud i sing barbara streisand <laughs> and it just cleans my soul right so yeah music is is a real big huge helper for depression
1: those are such beautiful answers i want to comment on <laughs> all of them yeah like you talked about intimacy and even just like having this conversation where we're like both very present and focused yes it's like this is a form of intimacy like being understood yes being validated uh, being listened to it's like a night it's a form of intimacy and then you've got the intimacy of like um being affectionate with touching and like we used to have a girl living with us from brazil Mm -hmm. when my dad came home from the hospital and she was helping us and when everything shut down, and she'd be like, I, Canadians, and I can't touch people, like, because, yeah. like, you know, being, you, you used to live in Argentina. I totally like
0: relate, <laughs> because my kids are going through that.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're like, they're Argentinian, I guess, or... Well, or they
0: grew up in Argentina. My son is Argentinian, Okay, because right? he was born there. But, my girls, you might as well call them Argentinian because they have the characteristics of the culture from there.
1: Yeah, it's so different. like how m- more um, comfortable they are with personal space and how powerful it is, like, yeah, I was reading a book on body language and physical touch, and of course, like, yeah, I always have to like chime in with it. It's like read the other person, like everybody has different um, personal values of like being touched and things like that, but how powerful it is of hugging and like, you know, not just a two second hug, like if you can get like a six or seven second hug, like, I remember when uh, my dad was in the hospital and he was in a coma and my old girlfriend who I still stay in touch with, she had came over and she had given me a hug. And like i was trying to be like strong right it had to be and like but she gave me a hug and it must have been like a minute hug it was Mm. like and i wasn't expecting like that long of a hug but it was like wow like you're like you know and and i'd done things like that for her in the past yes so it was a nice like role reversal um but yeah with the physical touch like i try and say good night and i love you to my parents You know, as often as I can, like before bed and Mm -hmm. like just acknowledging like the end of the day and also what you talked about with journaling and past memories and gratitude. Mm -hmm. I did that last night, like before I went to bed, I just read a page of my old journal. So I actually didn't write anything, but I sometimes for me, there's something about reflection and I'm totally into like the present moment. Yes, There's something powerful about gratitude and reflection is like I just read a journal page about when I went snowboarding in the winter time, I hadn't been snowboarding for a few years. And I was like, you know, I had so much fun that day. And like, as I just thought about that, it was just like, whew, you know, yeah. and then I was right before bed and I was like, all right, I'm gonna sleep well tonight. Like, and yeah, it's like, don't, don't get caught living in the past too much, but utilize that tool to, cause it is part of you. And yeah. it's part of our story of like, Acknowledging, yeah, you decided to go have some fun and you decided to spend quality of time with a friend and get exercise. And so yeah. I'm, I'm glad you found all those tools.
0: Well, part of the, um, the uh, telling the stories, my past stories to myself, are housekeeping.
1: Housekeeping.
0: Yeah. Chores. So, yes, it's like <laughs> cleaning out stuff from the attic, right? Nice and metaphor, And, and then, yeah. like you said, reflection so, like the story of uh, the time when my parents left me f- with my cousins without any food. Like, I didn't eat for 24 hours. That left a huge impact on me, and, and it coming out of me um, and journaling about it kind of made me appreciate the fact that what was, the, what was, like, I kind of felt like, what was the big deal about it? There are people all over the world that go days without food and here i've let that traumatize me why and so now with the self awareness i have it's like okay that's just something that happened to me and let it go right focus on how you can help other people instead of keep reliving the past about something that h- harmed you in the past when you were a kid and but that that took a lot of practice to be able to you know let go you know, the saying of, uh, get over it, right. It's, it's get through it, right. And be gentle with yourself. So, um, uh, is that, yeah. th-
1: is that the best way to let go is to get through it and, and be gentle with yourself is what you say. Is that like the yeah. best advice to,
0: yeah. The, the being gentle with yourself is the realization of, um, it, I was very hard on myself because of the things that happened to me, right? I ex- I expected perfection perfectionism uh, and control everything. That's what traumatized people do. They try to control everything because they don't want something bad to happen to them. So I suffered hugely from the uh, fight, flight, or freeze, right? And uh, different triggers would make me do different things, right? Some things I would run away from. Other things I would freeze uh, and other things I would fight. So uh, letting go I- is, a m- is a, it's really difficult to let go of old conceived beliefs, right? To believe that you have to run away every time somebody's confrontational with you, instead of standing your ground and just going, mm-hmm, oh, okay, yeah, is that so? <laughs> you, I hate you! Oh, okay. <laughs> it, for me, that was a really difficult thing to do—to to let somebody scream in my face and say nasty things about me. But then I realized it's—you know—if I—if I love myself, what somebody else's other opinion of me doesn't have any weight. And I—I um, I just want to be able to reach people that want love. So if if I react to them negatively, I'm just feeding more negativity into the world. Yeah. And part of loving myself was all about being positive with myself. And um, I, I express that through my art. I express that through my mentoring. I express it through my intuitive readings I do. Everything I do comes... From love, kindness and compassion, hence the name of my books. However, I'm not all love, kindness and compassion. I've hurt people. I'm the first person to admit how badly I've hurt people, you know? And it's part of the um, part of the stories that were in me that damaged me have, they come up, right? They come up and you react to somebody who's angry. You react to somebody who said something nasty to you. And if you're not present, it, it you come out with the same kind of feedback. But I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm changing, and the better I get at it, at being more loving and kind and compassionate to everyone and myself, it, that's the hardest part, is always to remember first, oh. I hurt somebody. Now I have to be compassionate with myself that I've hurt somebody. Mm. (laughs) And that's not easy, right? It's not excusing your behavior. It's more of a self-reflection of, I forgot my tools. Yeah. It's that simple. I forgot to remember who I am and what I've been through. And I forgot to be compassionate with other people that they also have gone through hell and back and you don't know when it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like a muscle. It's something that you have to, with your chores and cleaning out the attic constantly. Yeah. And you know, the attic will get spider webs. You clean it out and <laughs> you, it's going to get webs and you got to, you know, otherwise there's going to be some tarantulas in there or something. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and they crawl out. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, You know, you got to feed them in a sense, you know, or keep them happy. Right. And yeah, um, so it's a muscle of like being able to if somebody's angry at you, it's a muscle that you have to train of your beliefs and your old instinctual habits to be able to stand your ground, like you're saying, and relax and be mindful. And I played a lot of hockey growing up and I never played to the degree where like, after the game, the coach would be showing you videotapes of yourself and the mistakes you made, yes. right? That's really helpful when you're like a professional hockey player or professional sports athlete, and you're watching tapes of yourself. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that that's how I skate or I need to pass the puck more, you know. And we don't have that in our lives where someone's filming us all day. And That's why it's so important to have tools like journaling to help with self-awareness to check in. And we have to take responsibility to do it ourselves because it's like, yeah, when we're in school growing up, we got all these teachers looking after us and doing their best. Once you're past that and you become an adult, it's like you are at the top of your to-do list. And that comes first. Even if you got kids. I don't have kids, but in my opinion, like even if it's five minutes in the morning and you'll love this because you know the book the secret Mm -hmm. it might have been the movie but that i got this from but the first thing i'd like to do in the morning and i don't do it every day but i do it quite often is you just turn and before you even get out of your bed you just go the camera can see my legs it's like (laughs) thank you that's how you start the day it's just thank you and it's like you know you're grateful that your body works and that you woke up and like You know, and so it's little chores like that, that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I slip off of my, my tools, you know, a lot when I'm stressed and that's normal. Yeah. Like I have, um, I have this routine of, you know, try to get exercise in every day and I'll switch it up, but I, I love yoga and the mindful and uh, meditation. So. Uh, when I get too far from not doing that frequently, I really can feel the, the stories playing in my head and the stress factors like, you know, getting um, invites to do podcasts and uh, new clients and my children need me for this, that or another, or, you know, the family has an illness, whatever the stressor could be. At least now I know that it's stress and not something from the past. It's a it's a present stressor, right? And I can get back on track quite fast. Yeah. Right? And um, there was something I wanted to mention that you were talking about. It's gone. <laughs>
1: it'll, it'll resurface if it's yeah, meant to be. Yeah, in our know, talks. Yeah, it's the more you work that muscle, it someone said that about doing cold water swimming or sensational swimming.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it doesn't matter how long you've gone in the cold water if you've been doing it for 10 years. I'm and yeah, sure your body adapts a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it's used to it. But every time they go in the water, it's still like a shock. It's like overwhelming for the body, but a friend told me like you get quicker at finding that ease and you get quicker at relaxing and yeah, it's still going to be like, so just with our, you know, keeping up to date with our chores, Yeah. the more you do it and the more you work that muscle, the faster you're able to check in and okay, like, and you get more clarity, right? Like, if, if you're feeling off and it's totally okay to feel off, sometimes we stay up too late. We're having too much fun yeah. and, and like, you know, we don't want to get to bed early. Like, you got to break from routine sometimes and and be a little bit tired, and, and then you're going to have unpredictable stressors that come into your life. That's natural. Yeah. And, and then, but you get more mindful and like, okay, I, I'm not feeling good. I probably, maybe I shouldn't go out with my friends today, or I should make sure I get my yoga class in, or I need to go for a walk or have some time alone. And
0: yeah. <coughs> Well, the other, my, my biggest joy, I think right now, I, I really love that you've titled your podcast My Favorite Is My Favorite Life. Either
1: either or your favorite life. Okay, your, your favorite life. Yeah.
0: Because it's like um, this is my favorite part of my life right now. Where I am, where I have a I have a beautiful greenhouse where I live. And I decorate it every spring and I plant stuff and it's all about renewal, right? And Renewal sometimes is difficult because you got to plan. <laughs> <laughs> and planning for me is <laughs> like, I'm more that kind of carefree person. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm, you know, I, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And um, it's just who I am, and I, I need to embrace that about myself. So, you know, i got so many things on my plate, and, but it's really a very favourable time for me because of those things, because of the greenhouse, because of the fundraisers I do, because of um, the connections I have with new people and you coming back into my life with, with your podcast and giving me these opportunities. And um, I, I, one of the things I really, really love about loving myself is how well you get along with people and how well people get along with you. Because you're not this drama person anymore, you're not living with uh, pain, so you're not always confrontational or angry, and you get to experience people for genuine love, and that's one of the favorite things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Keep going regarding your yeah. your podcast because um, I've really liked the opportunity to express that there are now favorite things that have happened from learning to love myself. And one of the most beautiful things is the connections with people I have. You know, I, if I can elaborate a little bit on my children.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Being estranged from them for 20 plus years, uh, I thought I would not ever see the day when they would we would be united. So I always held out this hope to, to give a little bit of background so your viewers can know, I um, married at 17. I moved to Argentina when I was 23. My son was born there. My daughters were born here in Canada. So I have three amazing kids. And um, they grew up with their father and their stepmother in Argentina. Like The last time I saw my oldest daughter, Christina was at eight and a half. Fast forward to uh, two thousand and ten. I worked up the courage to find her, and I did. And we started communicating, and was one of the hardest things I ever did. So I walked through therapy when I left, and uh, taking responsibility. And then I reached out to my daughter three months to the day.
1: Was it just an email, or like?
0: It was an email to yeah, to, to her university where she was. And you, you just
1: click send. And oh you're my like
0: God. <laughs> It was you know? so hard. Good for you. Yeah. And, you know, the, the journey of being reunited with my children has been the pinnacle which kept me alive through all the mental uh, problems I had, right? I knew that they would need me again someday. I knew that at some point in their future, they'd want to come to Canada again, right? And I held out hope for one but I've been reunited with all three. And all three of them are here, they're all healthy. And part of my journaling through all the, the, um, my time was asking God to keep them safe. Right? Asking God to give them good health, give them good fortune, make sure that they were well, that they were taken care of. And the power of your word, your power of your thought, as you know from The Secret, is is proof is proof for my children being here now, and um, I couldn't be happier. I mean, holding out hope for being reunited with one and having all three of them back in my life is the result of all the work I did for my mental health. Right, I am an absolute believer that if you want something bad enough you can achieve it
1: yeah and beautiful story you said two things there you said i didn't think i'd ever see my children again but i knew that they were going to come back to canada or they would want to come back to canada someday so part of you knew that that was a possibility and We haven't even talked about imagination yet, so maybe we'll segue (laughs) to that after this short chime in. You having that hope and that imagination that they're going to want to come back to Canada. And I really feel like it was as if you needed to be ready. And being estranged from your three kids, like... And then having to go through this journey of Annette's to self-discover and heal, it's almost like a reward that they came back into your lives. But I feel like if you hadn't have done all that journey and that healing that, say, they did come back to Canada, or maybe they wouldn't have responded to that email, right? It was like you journaling at night, putting down the words and talking to God and, and putting out that energy. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got married young, you had kids and you needed to have some time. I, I personally think to go on this journey and to, to develop yourself. Like, cause being a mom, like you have, you don't have a lot of time to do that. Like in the early days, right? It, it becomes the world of your kids. And so good it's, for you. Um, for going on that, that wild journey and going full circle with a lot of things. And, you know, it, it sounds like your favorite life has f- begin to, began to flourish because, and your children have come back into your life. Like what a, what a re- great story. It couldn't <laughs> be, been any, like, well, <laughs> especially when er- the world shuts down and they still manage oh to yeah. like that was get like back trial together. In
0: <laughs> you know, um, One of my girlfriends told me, like, I had no self-esteem, no confidence at all. And I I approached three of my best girlfriends and said, ask them, what do you think about where I am in my life? And I said, please be brutally honest.
1: Asking for help. Good job. And A lot of us don't do that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And they gave me such a picture that it was like, if I was I was trying to s- per, like see my life through their eyes and it it woke me up, right? That's why I left my relationship with my business partner back in 2010. Because it, it woke me up to the fact that I've been sitting on approaching uh, getting reunited with my kids because I believed in that person that I shouldn't be reunited with them. Right, It was the same thing about not getting the therapy. Right, So... When my one girlfriend told me, Annette, you've always had what you needed to be reunited with your children. I thought it was money. She said, you have love. <laughs> and it was like my heart just o- just overflowed with joy because that gave me the courage to reach out to Christina and, and send that message to be reunited. And I know as a fact what you just ex- expressed about I had to be ready, you're absolutely, you're 100% correct on that, because the how messed up I was, when my children came back and told me how messed up their father was, I had been going through that with different relationships, trying to find the love of my life, and the one, and, you know, trying to have that connection with somebody to be happily ever after with, because, you know, you grow up with those fairy tales, and, uh, I knew that if my children came back into my life while I was so mentally ill, that they would just turn around and get back on the plane and go back to Argentina. <laughs> because they'd already been to hell and back with their father. And I didn't want them to meet a woman that was broken, ill, controlling, um, not able to listen to their needs. That was, I had, there was no way I was going to be that person and i knew i had to change everything i didn't like about myself the things i hated the things i didn't know the things that uh, were holding me back once i realized that i had to literally get rid of the old Annette and become my authentic self my children they they were like knocking on the door <laughs> like that transformation you know the first time i videoed with my daughter you know is was incredible. And her knowing, she opened the door for me. right? She said, "Mom, there's two sides to every story, and I want to hear your side of the story. And I must have jumped five feet in the air when I read her email because that was my in. And uh, they've been, They've been through hell, and I did not want them to come and know a woman that was going to be a repeat of that, right? Mm-hmm. Keep, keep living in hell. They needed help, and I wanted to be there for them.
1: They needed their mother. That was probably it, yeah.
0: It could be just as simple as that, right? And uh, it w- phew, wasn't easy, yeah, that's for sure. It never but is. No. <laughs> <laughs> and And then I had to go through the whole thing of, not seeing them as two and a half.
1: Oh wow, yeah. five and a
0: half, eight and a half when I left them. And that was quite the transition for me, right? Because I had this vision when I left them, missed all those years of them growing up, and then to have them all back in my life as adults. And I tried to still raise see them, not raise them, but see them and function with them as kids like birthday parties and things like that. (laughs) Loot bags. Oh, oh, wait a minute. They have their own thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I can't control that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but it's been very educational to learn about three human beings and let me focus on their needs instead of my own when it came to being in a relationship with them. It's, It's beautiful. It's like, you know... You don't walk into somebody's home and tell them how to live their life. It's the same with my children. Yep.
1: I'm I'm so happy that they've come back into your life. Yeah. <laughs> Can you speak about imagination? You told sure. you told a story on my old show Mo Mondays called Imagination is and you told a story about how you were able to bring to life this magical horse called Black Beauty that helped you in your young years. Yeah. And it's a beautiful story. If anyone wants to look at it online, I'll put a link in the description. As I hear more of your story, though, it seems like imagination is constantly playing a role in your life, like imagining your kids coming back, you know, this horse and... Yeah. and. I wrote some other stuff down. Um, you talked about in the story too, imagining like your, your partner and how you would sleep on one side of the bed and you would, oh, yeah. you know, and make room for that person. And, yeah. you know.
0: And I set dishes for two. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And then Walter appeared. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh i love my imagination
1: yeah who did did somebody like a teacher or something like help you learn about because you had a rocky childhood so i'm wondering like how did that imagination grow and then continue in your life and something that we kind of lose as adults right like we stop playing pretend and we stop thinking in circles and instead we're in like sharp edge squares, right? It's like we're more rigid and we lose that flexibility. And yeah, I'm curious to what you have to say about that.
0: I love, I love the story of Black Beauty. Uh, uh, Just to give a short version of it is, um, when I was, I think in grade one or something, I can't remember exactly when, but I was young and I was leaving school and these boys decided to play a prank on me and they poured green... Uh, food coloring on my head, and I was terrified. So I ran all the way home. Of course, my mother, being who she was, she dealt with it the best she could and washed me up, and, you know, there was no intimacy because we didn't have a close relationship. But um, So that kind of set a tone for me, and what happened was that day made me lose black beauty. So, as a child, being sexually abused and people coming into your bed at night um, kind of set me on this path of... The mind will do things to protect you when you're traumatized. So my imagination came forward to protect me with black beauty. And I would ride off on my horse, and we'd go off together, and I'd brush her, and it was me and my horse. And then that traumatized me losing her when the boys pulled that prank on me at school. She was gone. And I didn't remember her until I went to my therapy. And all of a sudden, the memory came back. And it helped me to realize that I had used my imagination to get through the abuse from my family. And I used to also imagine, oh, A lot of other stuff. Um, But the main thing I always imagined was having a family and being free from my family that was abusing me. And uh, that's how I got the relationship with my husband. Uh, But, you know, imagination worked in covering up a lot of stuff that was painful. And then As the therapy started to take place and I started to know who I was and what I loved, um, I discovered I loved plaid. And so plaid had a play in my imagination. And then from there, I I remembered that in school, I had done this arts and crafts work for science, and it was to do trees. And I learned, lo and behold, that I love trees. Now, it seems so weird that you wouldn't remember that you love trees. Mm. But that's how how traumatized I was. I was just functioning, like, get up, brush your teeth, go to school, go home, eat, go to bed. I was just, like, constantly unable to function, thinking. I thought life was always like that. I thought life was always about, you know, your parents ignoring you, you. You don't get to express yourself. Like I had this fantasy of being a um, figure skater. And I love figure skating. I still watch it to today. But um, the imagination really started to come out when I started talking and listening to people. And um, talking to people and learning that I love to hear their stories and uh, wanting to help them realize that their traumas are there to help them grow into all that they can be, right? That you can turn your life around. And um, then my imagination created the coloring books. And it came from all my life lessons. The the books are called Love, Kindness, and Compassion because the imagination uh, I had around love was fairy tale, because I started out with fairy tales of, you know, the prince and the princess and the beautiful home, and, and then it went into romance novels as a teenager, and then it took a wicked twist into horror books. I love Stephen King. If anyone's ever had influence on me about creativity, is Stephen King. Even though he's a horror writer, his mind is very warped, but in a sense of how did you even come up with that kind of stuff, right? So developing uh, the colouring books stem from all those experiences of imagining the perfect partner. I have, a, I have all my journals from when I left Argentina. October 26, 1996 was my first journal entry. I have books like... I have a library of my journals. So much I've journaled and um, the imagination and just the writing. And then I went back to school to get my grade 12 because I dropped out of school when I was uh, in grade 10. And my mother's voice was always in the back of my head. Don't drop out of school. Don't marry young. Of course, I never listened. And uh, (laughs) the um, where was I going with that? Just going back and doing proud things like getting my grade 12 at the age of, what, 46, 45? Uh, you know, I, that took imagination. And my teachers, um, my English teacher, I, I kept all my journaling that I did for my English classes. I, I got A pluses on. And she says, Annette, you should go and uh, take up English writing. You know, keep up your writing. And I'm like, what I really want to teach is love. And then you should do that. So I teach love through my art. I teach love through my chats, through my readings. And for me, love is all about imagination. I imagine, just like John Lennon did, living in a world full of peace. I really believe humanity can live in peace without war. I'm a dreamer. I dream that. I live it because I am living proof of that. I lived in war in my head, and I got away from it. I was violent to myself. I have scars that I've inflicted on myself. I've uh, inflicted pain to others. Now it's total reverse of that. It's think of think of love as. Breathing, right? You don't resist breathing; it's natural. If humanity could learn that love is as natural as breathing, there would th- it would change. It would change so much. It would. <laughs> I could see, like joy, bliss. You know, I, I've read countless books. Uh, Prem Rawit, I've watched him on, if you ever look him up, he's Words of Peace, and he's the ambassador. And he's been the ambassador since, I think, the age of 13. And he goes all over the world. I found him when I was at my lowest point in life. I just happened to stumble across um, a channel on TV I was watching, and there was this, Words of Peace, what's this about? And it was profound, the things he talked about. Like, he did this talk about, um, if you had $35,386, what would you spend it on? And I'm like, (laughs) thinking about it, right? He says, that's as many days as you have on the planet if you live to, let's say, 80, I don't know, right? And I went, I, I was taken aback, because look how short that is. And we fill most of our life with self-hatred. And we waste all that precious time. And energy. On negativity. Imagine if you took a child from day one and gave it genuine love. They would And everybody did that. It would change the face of the world. That's me, (laughs) a dreamer.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I asked you that question. Yeah, that's Uh,
0: my real big imagination. My biggest imagination is a community where everybody lives there for minimal rent. Because what happened to me um, was a girlfriend took me in, several girlfriends took me in, and gave me shelter for barely minimum money, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I would have committed suicide. And their traumas helped me get on my feet, because they'd been through similar experiences. And from their kindness, that I was able to create these books, that I've dedicated my books to each of my friends who have made a difference to my life. And I hold them dear forever, whether they're in my life or not now. right? That doesn't change. I still love them. I'll always love them. And uh, even my... I had this wonderful opportunity of um, on uh, the mental health warriors, which I'm a part of. They're trying to remove the stigma of mental health issues. And uh, the feelings around that, and uh, he gave me the ability to have the podcast to myself, just to talk to what would I like to say to my abusers. And he did it off the top, like I—he did not tell me he was going <laughs> to do this, and I was like, <gasps> but I was able because I'd done all the forgiveness and everything for them. I was able to tell them I love them. Right, and not hold any resentment against them.
1: I read a book like that where this female and male and a guy from Australia and a girl from Calgary, Mm -hmm. they were news reporters or journalists, and they went to Somalia and they ended up getting kidnapped and held the hostage and Asked the Canadian government and Australian government, I guess, like for a certain amount of money to release them, and she ended up being held captive for over a year. And she came back to Canada, and mm. I think I saw a similar thing like that. It was on TV, and she said, "What, what would you have to say to your people who were h- holding you captive?" And mm. you know, some of them were like 13 years old, like in Somalia, and they were just that was his job is to keep an eye on this this woman and, and you know, so he could get paid to feed his family probably. And, and she said the same thing. She said, "I forgive you. And you know, sometimes it's some days are harder than others, but I, I forgive you. and so same thing uh, when I was on a mountain in Nepal, <laughs> climbed to the top of this mountain, Got to the top, we're around a fire, having yeah. a great time. It's like, yeah. I felt yeah. like I was in a movie. So my imagination is, is coming into play. And, you know, we all hiked this mountain together. It was a beautiful moment. I'm, I'm in a movie and I'm at the highs, highest of highs. And yeah. I got a message from my sister that my dad had had this horrific, problem with his brain, the surgery didn't go well, and he was in a coma and didn't know if he was gonna be alive, like no one knew anything. And I'm at the top of this mountain, like, you know, when it's like, you want to control something, it's like, it's like, okay, like, it's literally midnight, like, I can't get a helicopter climb down pitch black outside, there's no electricity, like up here. Um, Although they had like Wi Fi, so there was some sort of uh, connector. And I remember like the first things that came to my mind and I I associated it with positivity where I was like, he's going to be okay because I always love that quote. I'd rather be an optimist and a fool than a pessimist and be right. Mm -hmm. So I use positivity, but I guess I also use my imagination where I saw him getting better. I saw ourselves going to the hospital and helping him like, playing the guitar, and I was going to do whatever it took. And I just imagined those things. And yeah. it puts you in a certain vibration. Yeah, sure. It's important to be a realist in certain situations. Mind you, like, probably more dominantly or more of a percentage, you want to put, try and put yourself in that vibration and yeah. just imagine yourself in a world where the people around you are happy. And then and you speak about that—that that you you see it as a reflection. It's it's a reflection of you, yeah. I think. When you're being friendly and happy to other people, you know, you're passing them that energy, and it's hopefully it's you know lifting them up.
0: And yeah, I have, you know, I when I go around promoting my my books and doing my fundraisers, I run across people where I can literally feel how negative their energy is, and they. I, I mentioned love, kindness, and compassion, and they literally, like a tortoise, or turtle, crawl in, cell inside themselves and withdraw because it's not familiar to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for me, that's all it is. It, like you talk about energy, I'm huge about studying chakras and, and energies and, um, you know, vibrations were made of energy. So why would people not feel you know, I feel what I put out. So that's why I'm always, uh, if I go into somebody's home, I leave love, right? So if you go into somebody's home and you're leaving hatred, it, it takes a lot of your own energy to be able to repel that. And um, it's, I think we're supposed to come into the world to make the world a better place, not <laughs> leave it worse. So um, if, we, if we can imagine, so it's just so perfect, the name of John Lennon's song, yeah, Imagine. Great,
1: great word, great song.
0: Yeah. I, if we can all imagine...
1: Imagine, we'll say it one more time, good yeah. word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the best for ourselves Right. It took all my imagination to get better. Right. I imagined
1: um, like singing Barbara Streisand, like you said, you had to sing as loud and as passionately as you can. It took yeah. all of your singing power and just keep going. And it and it took all of your imagination.
0: Yeah. As a, as a kid, you know, um, struggling with all the stuff that was going on in my home and the stuff that wasn't going on in my home. <laughs> it, to go into that imagination of singing, dancing, uh, imagining having a beautiful marriage and all that, kept me going through the day, right? Um, you know, it's... Jeez. Uh, Children, we... I always encourage children to use their imagination. Like uh, my daughters, when uh, talking with them, my, my younger daughter, Ashley, she's like, Mom, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I said, Start writing down things that you love. And from those things that you love, imagine what you would be doing if you're doing one of those things. Right? And she never thought of it that way. Right? She never taught to look inside herself instead of look outwards. right? Because inside of us is all the, the answers. Um, if I hadn't looked inside myself that I could create coloring books, they wouldn't be published. And I have my boyfriend to thank for that because he says, Annette, you never finish anything.
1: Shout out to the boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't finish anything. <laughs> and I got so mad. And I was like, wait a minute. He's, he's right. He was right. <laughs> he was very right. And But I took my tools, and I said, well, Annette, why don't you finish anything? It was because I didn't love it. And so I loved coloring. I loved drawing. I said, okay, I'm going to do something I can finish. And I did. And um, now I, I'm on this other path with podcasts and... and uh, and fundraisers for the Canadian Mental Health Association. And I have to start imagining walking into the branches of the mental health associations and saying, here, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I love this, and I want to help. I imagine that there's uh, accessibility for everybody to have mental wellness. right? If I always say that if I can do it, you can do it. You just got to want to there, There is a difference, though. Like, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's easy. There is a difference if you're s- suffering from schizophrenia and, and other things. But I've sat down with people that have schizophrenia, and I'm having a conversation just like you are, you and I are having, and they're no different than you or I. Autistic people? I love autistic people. I've worked with autistic people a lot in um, nanny Uh, respite care and they taught me compassion Mm -hmm. (laughs) trust me you got to have a lot of compassion when somebody's screaming at you and pulling on you and they can't express themselves the way society thinks they should express themselves Mm -hmm. right so uh, if it was for me I would change a lot to do with the educational system and we need to teach love
1: Yeah. Fourth period. Love class. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually was going to ask you the question. What advice you would give to somebody to to see hope for the future, who didn't necessarily have children that that was kind of your your legs of the the table and like your hope that helped you, you know, you use your imagination that they would come back one day. So some people like maybe don't. And I've heard that before when someone had a child, you know, their whole life turned around. And so someone who like doesn't have a child, and I think you kind of answered it. You said like, use your imagination is like ask yourself what you love or what you used to love. Yeah. You know, and, and, and at that point, if you still can't figure it out, ask for feedback or ask for help. You have to make a change. Yeah. And you have to do something different and then open a new door and that door will lead you to another door. And maybe you'll have to go backwards through both doors and go through a new one. But you mm-hmm. have to keep using your imagination. And I'm I, sorry, I kind of answered that for you. But, <laughs> uh,
0: no, I was going to say that's a hard question, but it's actually not because uh, talking with my daughter, Ashley, she doesn't have children. I don't know if she has even plans for having children. But there is always something that will motivate us. And um, I learned reading um, A New Earth. Are you familiar with that? Yeah,
1: Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. yeah.
0: That there are people on the planet that are here just to, um, be stagnant, like kind of, where they're, they neither go back or forward in their lives, they just are there, and they they serve the purpose of also teaching us something, right, and I didn't want to believe that, but it's true, it is true, I've met people that are just fine, l- like, uh Somebody asked me the other day, how does that person live like that? I don't understand. Why do they do that? And I'm like, they choose to. And that's okay.
1: Maybe it keeps a balance. It like, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's They're like, not harming it's anybody. Like, yeah, it's like a neutral position.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you spend time? I got a question. Because I think no! we're... <laughs> <laughs> I love your energy. You're such a cool person. And you're so <laughs> ambitious with taking on new challenges and yeah. you know even today like everything you've been through and you're like you still obviously have some nerves it sounds like like going into like these new mental wellness avenues and oh. and all you do is just i have to imagine myself walking in there and i i do that too it's like i've traveled all mm-hmm. around the world and mm-hmm. like i got a job one time where i had to carry trays of soup Oh, my God. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. Like, I need to practice that before I just show up and I'm on the job. It was like a spontaneous gig. Yeah. And I was like, Jeff, you traveled by yourself all around Europe and you can't carry some soup trays. Like, (laughs) I was so afraid I might drop them on someone. Right. Right. And but you have to just put yourself in the future and see yourself doing it. And athletes talk about that all the time. They always say the same thing. I saw myself winning. I saw myself crossing that finish line ever since I was a kid. And that it's good to have things to look forward to. It's good to be in the present moment, you know, focus on the breathing and Mm -hmm. the sounds around you and slow down. It's good to reflect with gratitude, use your journals and say and and say i love you to your partners and your friends and it's also good to imagine you know that's future and imagine those words would be friends right and i was gonna ask you do you spend time with horses and oh what's your story with like you know if a horse was such a a big player in your imagination growing up like
0: I have horses down the road. Interesting question, because I have always done a life boards, I like to call them. You know, people do vision boards. I call them life boards or, I don't know, give it whatever name you want. But I take out clippings and I post them on and, and then I envision using my imagination having those things. They never show up exactly as, like, you know, I have a picture of a 1967 red convertible Mustang. (laughs) Well, you know how I ended up with my Mustang? My boyfriend, shout out to the boyfriend again, (laughs) has a Mustang, okay, and it's gray. And I'm like, oh, okay, I do have a Mustang, inadvertently. Close enough. But am I going to reject that or accept that? Yeah. So of course I accept it because I love it. And I, I got a great partner to go with it. <laughs> so the horses, for me, are a symbol of beauty and strength. And whether I'm uh, riding one, visiting one, like they're just down the road from me, because that, of course, is I've always wanted to own my own horse that was on my vision board. But I don't own one, but I have friends that own them, and I have people down the road that own them, and I visit them. And that is enough for me at this time, right? My dream of the community center of living with other people that are self-supporting themselves to get better with their mental health is a big dream. I've got everything prepared, I've got manuals, I've got um, I've got ideas, I've got the 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 resources of the people who could put it together. But it just, the pieces of the puzzle haven't come together. Just like I wasn't ready for my kids, I have to be ready for that, for it to happen. It may not be in Canada. It may be in another country, because I plan on traveling um, in the future to, like, Thailand or Philippines or something like that, right? And um, so, wherever I go, horses are in my heart, if not in physically in my life. So it's more, the horse has always been the metaphor. Um, It's interesting because I've had my um, personal, what do you call it? Mm. It's like a roadmap. I can't quite, design, personal human design done by my transformational coach. And Of my human design, it shows that my animal is a red horse or something, right? And red is a big thing for me as well. Red, greens. Um, So I think in the future, when this community happens, it's going to have a lot of animals, and of course one of them will be a horse. I I see that, right? So in my visions that come to me, there'll be a community that has some form of horse therapy or horse yoga. I used to go to um, uh, Bunny Murphy's uh, Meditation with Horses up in Phelpston.
1: Yeah, I met Bunny before. She's amazing. That's awesome that you two have connected too. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, I, I always mean to go back there, but I'm so focused right now. I have a calendar that's coming out for 2023. So right now my focus is on producing more physical things, products
1: and finishing things. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> 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 and I if I start it now, I got to finish it, right? Yeah. So um yeah, that's why I haven't been too involved with going up to see Bunny, but I would I need to.
1: And right? and there you go. There's another tool for mental wellness is animals. Oh my god. Like, if you live in a city like Barry, yeah, you know you don't see chickens on the sidewalk. You don't see horses and cows, you yeah. know, and how powerful it is to put yourself around that energy where they're not expecting too much from you, if anything. Yeah. And they're just kind of neutral but also just like loving and Vibrating, and I, I'm just saying, spend time with some animals. That might be your thing. I've been around horses, and they're majestic, mm-hmm. b- big beings, and they, uh, yeah, they s- very grounded. Yes, and so that could be a, a nice health. Like you don't have to ride them, like you said. It's yeah. just being I like I them. just like being near them. Yeah. Today,
0: when I went for my morning walk, I went right past them, and every time I'm driving down the road and I see a horse, I uh, horse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always do that too. Yeah, I I <laughs> used to work with a friend who had a who had autism and every time we would drive by a farm and he'd always get his face glued to the window and horse horse and like yeah. it's ju- it just seeing driving by them it's like acknowledge them, you know, they're there. They're like yeah. They they're they're,
0: uh, they're a powerful symbol of uh, of how man works with animals. Because not only do they, you know, help us with Physical labor stuff, but you know, we do contests with them and racing with them. And but the simplicity of just being near a horse is powerful if you're attracted to a horse, yeah. And it's like you said, very grounding. I find them very grounding too,
1: yeah. And I guess we have dogs, like dogs is probably dogs and cats are kind of the two dominant ones, like mm-hmm. you know, horses a lot more work and yeah. And uh, I was going to say, no, uh, no one actually owns the horse. Like you said, Pull. I think Eckhart Tolle talks about that. It's like, like they might seem like they own the horse, but uh, I don't think that that horse has anyone, uh, no ownership. No, they
0: allow us to. (laughs) They allow us to. Same with the dog. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like my Sam, (laughs) you look into his eyes and you can just see his personality and you can actually feel him thinking, right? And, um... I wasn't very close to dogs when I was younger, but n- with Sam now I I totally can get why people like I've not been close enough to an animal to experience unfortunately when they pass. And when that day happens when Sam passes, I I'll feel it then. I know I will because it's, he's like he's like nothing I've ever experienced before because I've part of loving myself was accepting that I should be connected to everything and realize that I'm connected to everything. So I I had to connect with the dog. He lives in my space. He, you know, he, he does things I don't like and I had to train him and it was like training myself. Oh, I can love this creature. You know, it's got an intelligence. Right. And I love that everything has an intelligence.
1: I love that. There you go. <laughs> that was, you d- everything has an intelligence. It's like, oh, is that thing conscious, or like the trees conscious, or like, yeah. you know, the rocks and stuff. It's like, well, maybe that's a better word, intelligence. It's mm-hmm. like everything has some sort of their own unique intelligence. Yes. I want to ask you a couple more questions just before the end. This is uh, I'm feeling nostalgic because it's such a <laughs> a nice conversation. Yeah, and. I want to ask you, what advice would you give someone that may want to leave a tricky relationship, an abusive relationship, because it sounded like you have left a few of mm. them throughout your life, and you said each time you left, you got better you got and so I was curious like maybe what advice you could give someone maybe who's in the in in shoes like that?
0: Oh, um. When you realize that you're unhappy and you're honest with yourself that you're unhappy and you felt that you've done everything in your power to make it work you have to step back and realize it's not about them it's about something inside of you I didn't realize in the beginning that I was going into every relationship with the baggage of the past and that I was trying to control the person I was with. So if it's, if you're with somebody that you can't accept them 100%, all their flaws, good, bad, or ugly, that's about you. Right? So... You have to make the decision whether to stick it out and live with that or not. And for me, I'll give the example of um, the relationship I had prior to Walter. It was that he was so depressed, his depression. Like, you're a mirror of one another, right? I was depressed, he was depressed. When you initially meet that euphoria of falling in love is there. And But once reality sets in and you're doing your day-to-day life and you're spending all your time together, you, s- you start to see there's things you don't like about that person. And I didn't know it then, but I was faced with somebody who was more <laughs> depressed than me because I was already working on myself. I was already four years into, into learning to love myself. I thought I had it. I was ready for a relationship. I, I should have waited. But it taught me something in incredibly important was that um, to accept somebody in your life, to be a partner with, <laughs> you got to have all your, to say kindly, your shit together. Know that you're not going to try and control them. And... Um, that if you can't deal with how they treat you, um, and you got to I was very conscious of the fact that violence was going to start. I knew I knew the pattern, and I didn't want to go in it again, and it was nothing, there was nothing that was going to make me accept violence from anybody anymore. I'd been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. and the best advice you you should do is go inside yourself and ask yourself, am I capable of living the rest of my life like this? And my answer was no. Right? And when I tried to go back, it was too late because I had severed, um, I I didn't leave to intentionally leave forever. I wanted to go fix myself, and that's exactly what I told him. But his baggage that he brought into the relationship wasn't able to, he wasn't able to wait for me to get better. He had to go on to his next experience with the next person, and all of these things were lessons I had to learn. So that that's it in a nutshell. If you if you can't be with somebody that you can accept, say they smoke or drink, you know, maybe they're not faithful. Uh, it could be something as silly as they don't make the bed in the morning. If you're getting angry over Trivial things, you can learn to live with those, but there are major things that you cannot accept in a relationship. And for me, violence was the biggest one, right? And neglecting your children, right? You have to be attentive to children's needs.
1: Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Great answer. And uh, always asking for help, too. If you can't figure it out, then... No, there are resources and or even feedback asking for help and feedback you said you did that with your friend you said you tried to see yourself in someone else's eyes and yeah. asking for a little honest feedback and being ready for that feedback it's hard to be criticized or i don't like that word because it has this negative connotation to it I like feedback is better it's just to yeah. Acknowledge your flaws and acknowledge where you need to put a little bit more energy into to grow and. Let, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say the. Um, you you keep going back to being ready, and it's funny we really don't know until it happens that we're ready. Because I didn't know I was ready to get that feedback until I asked for it. And I think that's the biggest thing to recognize about yourself um, is when we do ask a question, that's when we're ready, right? I was ready to ask my ex-boyfriend, should we do this for the child? And this is how we can do it. What do you think? And the feedback was 100% negative. I was ready to leave that relationship. Right? I was ready to hear my girlfriend's okay. feedbacks I was ready to step into therapy because I asked myself I asked others and I think a, a lot of times is you we don't ask we we I think a lot of times is we're afraid of rejection <laughs> 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 we're afraid of a no I mean I've had thousands of nos but it's The yes, the the one in the million yes that you get, that changes your life. Absolutely power of yes. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's a
1: (laughs) no's are just they're just tiny, like the yes is the one that has.
0: And the and of course the the biggest thing underneath all of that is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's a great book. That book taught me. Oh, it's a book. It is an amazing Uh book. I'm trying to think of the author. I can't read off the top of my head. But uh, uh, Susan Jeffers, I think her name is. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Changing, life changing. Yeah. And uh, I I teach that with myself. Love love mentoring. And I I love it. I teach it to myself daily. Oh, I got to remember. I'm out of balance. Okay. What area of my life is out of balance?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Self analysis, self awareness. Mm-hmm. Is it my muscles? Do, am I dehydrated? Do I need to go spend some time with friends? Do I need to spend time alone? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I think I answered in your questionnaire. You said, "Is there something you've done that you've always wanted to do but were afraid to do?" Yeah. I and I, I went away recently by myself uh, to a strange place, to a strange town. Huh. Oh my God! I was so frightened. But it was the best thing I did at that time, and it, it, was, it cleared my head. I was back in that old head space of panicking and panic attacks, and it just cleaned it right out.
1: Yeah. It was like it resurfaced, and yeah. then you're like, well, I'm, I know what this is. Yeah. Like
0: What do I need to do? Yeah. And I had to try a new tool, and that was scary in itself. But I did it, and I'm still alive. <laughs>
1: Right on. We'll save that story for next episode. Yeah. And last question. You said, loving is like breathing. Yeah. I told a story that was called, giving is like breathing. Mm -hmm. So very similar. And I got that when I was in Nepal because I would smile and I would always get a smile back. Yeah. And so, which you don't always get that here. And no judgment. (laughs) It's like, they don't have to smile back at you, but it was, it it seemed noticeable. Um,
0: Are you referring to my time in Argentina?
1: Yeah, just you said that you noticed that people were, would give when they didn't have a lot. And I'm just curious what, uh, what, any little story from living in Argentina for three years and...
0: Oh, well, um, a lot of that was around not being able to speak Spanish. Because when I went there, I was not very fluent in Spanish. And the people were so accommodating. Like, I would go there. My my mother-in-law was insistent that I do everything on my own. Because if she were to help me, I would never learn. And going to the grocery store and trying to buy something, they were so patient. And they gave... I had no... Like, we... It was tough times. We had barely any money. So they give you a tab, right? Um, a running... So you buy your meat, your groceries, and you walk away with like $50 worth of groceries, and you just keep accumulating, and you go back and pay a little bit. But the kindness of, of doing that when you have, you know, three kids to feed, it that left an impression to me. Um, that That kind of kindness was something i i'd never experienced before so that always s- sticks out in my mind awesome mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's giving is so powerful yes. and helping other people and h- helps you and you said that too about your doing your coloring books actually great segue because let's pull out your coloring books <laughs> before uh, before we shut down doing your coloring books which was something A mental wellness tool that helped you, Mm -hmm. helped other people. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually brought
0: my coloring books and a few of my cards to show people. And I I would love to share with people, or I hope that didn't cut out, uh, what I'm currently doing.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we can talk about how people can contact you and maybe some of your services and what you're... Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this is love. Which way do I hold it here? Yeah, I can this is the the first one, volume one. This was what started on all. And what they have is these are my drawings. And then on each page it accompanies it has a I call them enlightened life messages. So they're from my heart and from my experience. And there's stories behind each of them. Right? So I do some self-therapy art with artwork with people. They come and they sit with me in the greenhouse and we color. And then we talk about the pages here. I have a girlfriend of mine. She did a, um, uh, a little Zen room for herself. And she colored one of the pages, and she framed it. And I asked her, I said, well, what do, what's the meaning behind this picture for you? Why did it resonate with you? And she shared that with me, brought me to tears. I was like, it was so moving. So, And then at the back of the book, it has an additional section called Exploratory Pages and Techniques. And I talk about using your imagination, being your own creator, and promoting um, don't worry about mistakes, because some, t- some mistakes turn into the best drawings you can ever make. <laughs> and so they're partially drawn pictures that you doodle within and then color. So, so, so you, drew all, you drew all this? I drew all of these. Yeah,
1: right mm-hmm.
0: on. Right so each one is the same. That's love. This is kindness. So the theme is kindness. Right. So this one says, we don't know the struggles of the stranger on the street. A simple gesture of kindness could ease some of their suffering. Right. Things like that I wrote. Right? They're all different. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. This is compassion.
1: They feel really good just looking at them, and actually, I don't do a lot of drawing, so I was thinking about it before you got here. That something that <laughs> I like to analyze everything in life, <laughs> but it's like, what what is interesting about drawing, especially someone who doesn't do it a lot? And I was like, oh, like you know, it takes focus, um, quiet, generally. Like I mean, you could have music going, but and and it's it's very like small, like usually like. What's the word like? Precise, someone detailed. Like, yeah, don't you don't have to like stay in the lines, like color outside lines too. I guess I'm trying to say like, it makes you move slowly, and like it makes
0: it's very mindful.
1: Mindful, yeah. Whereas like you know when I go play hockey, you know I move my whole body, I'm running really fast. Like there's a lot going on. But when you're you're doing like a yoga class or you're you're doing some drawing, it's like you have this very. It's like you're looking through a microscope, kind of, and yeah. you're you're slowing things down. I think that's like what. Look at this one. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> you go. Like, and so to put your mind, your mind into something like that is is very helpful to slow down and, in a world that's so busy. Yeah. So,
0: it, it's almost like time stops for me when I'm drawing. When I'm coloring, I think more, but it's more of I I'm watching the stories in my head, and I'm saying, "Oh, that one is." doesn't need attention. This one does. But it, it will also quiet me as well. And the, like, for example, all of the front pages I've colored, right? So this I tree. I like that one. I love this tree. <laughs> and um, I am very much an autumn person. So trees in autumn really make me happy. Uh, this one is the youth edition. So what happened is when I was selling the adult ones, People said, well, do you have something more simplistic for children? Yeah. And because the messages in the adult ones are quite deep. Yeah. So I wanted to make it more simpli- simplified. Here, look at my doggy. Isn't he cute? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love these pictures. I am so funny because I love my own work. I am so passionate about it. Um, like this one. Being grateful feels wonderful. And it's very childlike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adults can color them too. But I had so many clients ask me, oh, I need something for my child. And so the youth edition came out last November. S-
1: so why don't you just share <sighs> how people can contact you and you speak about clients and what kind of other services do you offer and what's the best way people can reach yeah, out if they want to?
0: You can reach me on my webpage at www.learntolovemyself.com CA. Um, my Gmail is the same and, um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, um, you know, I, I do, my favorite thing to do is sit down with people and mentor them on self-love, self-care, self-reflection, anything to do with the self. Like your question today about what kind of advice I'd give somebody about getting out of a dysfunctional relationship. It takes work to get there. It's not as simple as just saying, oh, I'm just going to decide. Because there's so much before that that's happening with you that you have to get to and clear up to know to get to the point where I'm leaving this relationship. Um, uh, Teaching self-love mentoring is all about getting the information that's inside of you out which you don't even know is there right so that's why i i love working with people with it doesn't matter if we're coloring right if you don't if coloring isn't your thing bring your knitting bring your guitar uh, strum a few t- tunes while we're talking right it, it doesn't matter but i always incorporate art crafts, whatever it is, with what I'm doing. Because it puts people uh, in touch with themselves. And if they don't have it, it'll come out. Mm -hmm. right? If we sit and color, then like, uh, I'll I'll use one of my daughters, for example. She didn't usually color. So when she does that, she feels happier. And she started to get more more of her spirituality came out. And I'm a believer of, of stools, like the three... To your stools, you got to have mind, body, and soul connected when you're doing healing, and um, that's that's the focal point of what I what a, how I mentor is I work with your mind, your body, and your soul, and um, so you can reach me in all those social medias. Uh, you can come see me in my greenhouse, and trust me, it's worth the visit. Hmm. Every person that stepped into that greenhouse has walked out feeling amazing. And I charge it with all my energy. And, and you leave a little something. And uh, I don't know what else I can tell you. I, I self-love mentor. I do th- uh, art therapy. I do energy chakra dance which is about helping women align their bodies with their sensual side, which clears up negative energy that you've had trapped in you from sexual abuse. I've done it to myself. I clear my energy when I go out dancing around people because their energy is around you as well. Right. So I know how to manipulate my own energy to make me safe. And a lot of women out there are walking around feeling unsafe because of their abuse. And we need to clear that energy. You can be safe in other public places. And doing energy chakra dance is one of the ways to do it. Um, I do what's called intuitive self-love readings. So if you want an example of it, I can show you today. Or you can just explain it. Um, Basically, I have several books that are spiritual uh, readings. Uh, or spiritual cards, like oracle cards. And I let a person choose the book they have that are laid out, or they can bring their own book. And I, it's all self-guided. When I do a um, what's called like a, I guess you call it psychic reading, it's not a psychic reading. It's an intuitive reading. So you're leading it. The book is chosen by them. I channel my loving energy into it. They randomly pick a page and then I read it to them. And then what, is, what happens is they reflect on what I've read and then I give them a reflection of how it's been applied in my life and then we open a conversation of where they want to go with that reflection. Question, answer, question, answer. It's amazing. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to love what you do. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Annette Chiapie, learn to love myself.ca, yep. who offers many different self-love techniques. Yes, I'm definitely going to look more into that for some people in my circle because awesome. I think, yeah, it's unique. And I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show. This was really easy <laughs> and fun. And so remember, find your... Find your tool, whether it's coloring, singing, dancing. Dancing's a big one. Oh, yeah. You know, dance in your room, move your body, play an instrument, make time with friends, use your imagination. And
0: take life not so seriously.
1: Yeah, be gentle.
0: <laughs> be gentle. Yeah. yeah, that was a big, big thing. Look in the mirror, I love you, and be gentle.
1: Yeah. gentle okay (laughs) i'm just gonna say thank
0: you so much thank you yeah yeah it's been a pleasure
1: okay (laughs) and we'll see you next time (laughs) all right friends hopefully you learned something new for more information on living your favorite life head over to yourfavoritelife.com to connect and explore some personal development services if you feel like leaving me a review i'd love to consider your feedback And if you resonate with this energy, follow, share with a friend, and subscribe. Remember, create a nice life. Be kind, be curious, and be creative. Catch you on the flip side.